The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Will you say that with me? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, I know that there are hundreds of people worshiping from home tonight. So if you at home just heard us do that and you didn't say it out loud, we're going to do this again for your sake. I want every home in the region saying this together. Let's try it again. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I love picturing that being proclaimed throughout our region tonight. But you know, sometimes it's hard to believe it. It's hard to believe that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome the light. On Tuesday, it was the longest night of the year. Did you know that? Even today, there are more hours of darkness than there are hours of light because of the time of year that it is. But even beyond the rising and setting of the sun, the actual light and darkness in our world, it seems that darkness creeps into our souls sometimes. There's a sense of gloom and even depression in our world. A survey was published on Wednesday. I don't know if you saw it in the papers. And it was a survey of American adults, and it said that over 50% of American adults said that the year 2021 was the worst year of their lives. It can seem like the darkness is overcoming the light. Do you watch the news? I try not to. It was on one day earlier this fall while I was in the waiting room at the Toyota dealership waiting for my car to be serviced. And it seemed to me that the news was simply a highlights reel of the acts of darkness of the day. At the end of all of those news segments, there was a short segment at the end, some kind of positive news, something intended to give us a warm and fuzzy feeling, some light at the end of the darkness. But if I'm being honest with you, the story that they showed at the end really didn't hold a candle to all of the acts of darkness that preceded it. It can seem at times like this can't possibly be true, that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome the light. And so here on Christmas Eve, I want us to ask, could this be true? And if so, how? Well, the good news that we celebrate on Christmas is not that the light coming into the darkness is just a warm, fuzzy feeling like I was supposed to have at the end of that news segment. No, the light that shines in the darkness is a person. It's a person, and his name is Jesus. John chapter 1, verse 9 puts it this way. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. That's what we celebrate on Christmas, that God sent himself, he sent His son, he sent the person of Jesus, the light of the world, into the darkness of the world. Jesus would grow up and say this about himself in John chapter 8. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
So that's it. That's the story. The world was dark until Jesus came into the room lighting up the place because he's the light of the world. You might be wondering, well, then why is there still darkness in this world? Why didn't Jesus change everything when he came? Well, the answer comes in the very next verse, verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. The light of the world came into the darkness, but for some reason, some people can't see it. They're blind to it. They can't see Jesus for who he truly is. If you have a room full of blind people and you come in and turn on the lights, they won't know that you've turned on the light. The light has come, but they're unaware of it. The Bible describes that some of us have a blindness that keeps us from seeing Jesus for who he truly is. There's a barrier between us and seeing the light. When I was in high school, my buddies and I, well, we liked to drive out to the sand dunes along the Lake Michigan shore. And we liked to run up and down the sand dunes just for fun. And we enjoyed doing that at nighttime. And I remember this one time we were out there, it was really dark. I don't remember there being any moonlight or starlight. And we were running up the dune, and I was really close to my friend who was right in front of me going up the dune. And he accidentally kicked a whole bunch of sand right into my eyes. My eyes were wide open when the sand hit my eyes because it was so dark outside, I didn't have a chance to close them. And it was really scary, actually. I couldn't see anything. My buddies had to bring me to my car and bring me home where my eyes could get cleansed of that sand. Once my eyes were cleansed, I was able to open them again and I was able to see light. Some of us can see the light. Some of us have a barrier still from seeing the light, from seeing Jesus for who he really is. My wife and I lived in New York City for some years, and my wife, Nancy, had this amazing, uncanny ability. No matter where we were in New York City, she could spot celebrities. Wherever we were, we'd be walking down the sidewalk, and she would say, oh, that was Matt Damon. I will turn around, oh, sure enough, that was Matt Damon. I couldn't see him. Some people can see Jesus for who he truly is, and some people are walking around. The light of the world has come, but we can't see him. There's a barrier that blinds us from seeing who he is. And yet, some people can see. Verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The people who can see Jesus for who he truly is, the light of the world, and believe in him, who call on his name, they are given the right to become children of God. And people from the very beginning, when Jesus came into the world, received him. Beginning with his parents. I love this picture that we put on the front of the bulletin. Maybe you saw it when you came in. I'm going to put it on the wall here behind me. This picture is very compelling to me. It must be a little bit more realistic than a lot of the nativity scenes we're used to seeing. And look at Mary there, exhausted, understandably, after a long journey. And, oh yeah, labor and delivery. 
And there's Joseph looking rather pensive and perhaps concerned. How is this story going to go? I have this child with a hard-to-explain origin story. But there they are surrounding the light of the world, the light that has come in to the darkness. And Mary and Joseph would be the first two people who would do what it says right here in John 1, verse 12. They would receive him. They received him into their lives. And they gained the right to become children of God, according to 1 John, verse 12. They had a child in their midst, but they became children of God when they received him. And this little family, this little family that believed in Jesus grew. Some shepherds showed up, and they believed. They received Jesus. They praised God. Some wise men came, and they received him. Jesus would grow up, and he would form a group of disciples who received him, who believed in him, whose eyes were open to see Jesus as the light of the world. And that group of disciples made more disciples, and the family grew, and it grew, and it grew. It kept expanding and it kept growing. In fact, one of the prophecies that's said about Jesus before he was born is Isaiah 9, verse 7. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Of the increase of his rule. In other words, this family of God, these people who would have their eyes open to see him for who he truly is, it would grow. There would be more and more children of God. And every century thereafter, this group would grow and it would grow and it would grow. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there would be no end. Now maybe you're thinking, wait a minute, isn't Christianity kind of dying off these days? Isn't it shrinking? not increasing? Weren't there more Christians a hundred years ago than there are now? And it can feel that way. It can feel like the darkness is overcoming. It's snuffing out the light of Jesus. But do you know how many Christians there were a hundred years ago? There were around 611 million Christians a hundred years ago. Do you know how many there are now? 2.2 billion And we're on pace to reach 3 billion Christians by the year 2050. It might feel like Christianity is shrinking in places like the Northeast, but in places like Sub-Saharan Africa and South America, Christianity is exploding. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The family of God is still growing just as it has every century since Jesus was born. The darkness is coming against the light. But you know what Jesus said to Peter? He said, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know what that means? That means the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not and will never overcome it. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's true. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So how do we see it more clearly? How do we see Jesus as the light of the world? How do we see him for who he truly is? Well, we need cleansing. Just like my eyes needed cleansing after getting that beach sand thrown into them, 
We need cleansing. It's not just that we're spiritually blind. The Bible has a word for what separates us from being able to see Jesus as the light of the world. That word is sin. And we need cleansing. We need forgiveness of our sin. Jesus grew up in around 33 or so years after his birth. There was another day where it seemed like darkness was overcoming the light. The day that he died on the cross. In fact, the Bible says that darkness covered the whole area. And people looking on might have thought, there's the light of the world. I guess it's getting snuffed out today as they watched him die. But we know that what was really happening was that all the darkness of the whole world, all of the sin, all of the transgression, all of the wrongdoing of all of humanity was being gathered up so that Jesus could receive the consequences of all that darkness upon his body. And he would die to pay the price for all of it. Though it looked like a dark day, his love was shining brightly. And his blood was spilled, and the Bible tells us that that spilled blood cleanses us from our sins. And according to the Bible, when we look at the cross, when we see what happened there, if we say, I believe that that happened, and I believe that he took my darkness, my sin, my transgression upon himself, though I deserve it, he took it, and he gave me forgiveness in his place. If we believe that, we are given the right to become children of God. The Holy Spirit opens our eyes to see him, to behold him for who he truly is. The light shines in our hearts and we suddenly belong to this ever-growing family of the children of God. Well, he died on a dark day. But just a couple of days later, right around sunrise, he walked out of his own tomb. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus walked out of his own tomb. Can you picture a sunrise? At first, it doesn't look like much. It just kind of looks like a warm line on the horizon, but then it begins to slowly fill and envelop and, yes, overcome the environment. Jesus rose from the dead. He conquered sin and death. He cleanses us from our sins. He opens our eyes to behold him as the light of the world. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We know more now, this year, about the fight that darkness is putting up. And so we must become carriers of the light. Those of us whose eyes of our hearts have been opened to behold Jesus for who he truly is, like candle bearers in a dark night, we need to bring the gospel, we need to bring the light of Christ out into this world. Our work's cut out for us. Say it with me one more time. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, if there's anybody in this room who, whose eyes have never been opened to behold you for who you truly are, the light of the world, I pray that you would open the eyes of our hearts now, that you would Cleanse us from all of our sin. We thank you for finishing that work upon the cross. And I pray for Holy Spirit revelation.
for everybody who can hear my voice right now, whether in, their, in this sanctuary or at home or listening to this later, Holy Spirit, come and fill those spaces. We want to behold you. We want to become children of God. We need the light. It's shining brightly. Now open us up to it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.